Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. We've got a lot of awesome stories today, and our first story is from Big River Home. Be careful what you wish for. The fire inspector may cite you instead. So first, a bit of backstory. Several years ago, I inherited my mother's condo after my grandmother, her mother, passed. After my mother's death a few years later, I decided to rent it out. The condo is part of a complex that's roughly 50 years old. Think garden courtyard style, with two-story buildings built around an open courtyard with parking outside. It is pretty nice, particularly when the HOA keeps up with the maintenance and landscaping. The units are owned by a combination of individual residents, absentee owners like myself, and one company that owns the bulk of the units. The company changes hands from time to time but effectively controls the complex because they own so many units. Generally, they choose a good management company, and right now the property manager is very proactive and looks out for the residents, owners, and tenants alike. With that out of the way, being roughly 50 years old, it's time to pave the parking lots again. The management company hires a paving company and sets up a plan to pave each lot in turn and make sure all the residents are notified well in advance so they can move their cars. An annoying process, but paving always is, and the lots are in dire need of being paved. And again, the management company's over-communicating, trying to make sure everyone moves their car, no one gets towed, and the paving stays on schedule. Well, someone apparently isn't too happy about all this, so they decide to call the fire department and report the paving for blocking access in the event of a fire. Judging by correspondence from the management company, they never bother to speak with the on-site manager and address the issue. Of course, the fire department sends out an inspector. The inspector checks out the property and sees it matches with what was already submitted to avoid any issues and everything is good to go. Except, city ordinance prohibits grills, fire pits, tiki torches, and other open flames on condos or apartment balconies. And of course, lots and lots of units have one or all of the above. So the fire inspector kindly tells the property manager and gives the residents a chance to remove the violating items and that he'll be back to cite anyone who still has one. So be careful what you wish for, you just might get it. If you were that property manager and you knew what tenant tried to get you cited, would you intentionally not tell that tenant about the open flame issue so that they will get cited? Let me know what you would do in the comments down below. Our next story is from Super Monkfish. Phone must be off during work? You're the boss. Happened back in 2015 roughly. I was working at a betting shop, pretty large one that anyone from the UK has probably heard of. We were open from 8am to 10pm. One big rule was mobile phones were to be turned off during work hours, no ifs or buts. Cue the morning of the Epsom Derby, a big horse racing event, and the start of my 12 hour shift. During setup, we had a problem with our internet. The tills, the fixed odd betting terminals, and internal phone line were all connected by the internet, meaning until it was fixed, we could literally take no money. I waited and waited, about three hours had gone, and nothing had improved, and I had no way of letting anyone know. 
my phone had to be off. At about 5pm we eventually had internet back. Not long after, I eventually got a call from my area manager as to why there was no money taken. After a lot of huffs and puffs, he hung up. I was just following the rules. A short while after, maybe about 20 minutes, I get another phone call from said manager asking if I could take pictures of the marketing screens to make sure they had loaded correctly and then send them to him. No, I can't, sorry, my phone needs to be off. He had to do a three-hour drive to the shop to check himself. Well, hey, at least OP didn't have to write about them totally witching OP out, complaining that they didn't just break the rules and break their phone out. At least when OP cited the rules and said they were sticking to it, they didn't give OP much grief, even if they were a bit grumpy. Our next stories from Hari Seldon was wrong. Manager upset she couldn't leave with her radio, throws it. It's been over a year since this happened. Let me premise that I wasn't the one maliciously complying. In fact, I was the one enforcing a rule. I also want to state there's some details I can't disclose for legal reasons. So, I used to work as a security guard in a large warehouse. Basically, my job was to stand at the exit and make sure employees weren't walking out with merchandise. In order to leave the building, you had to go through security. Basically, you had to have your bag checked and go through a metal detector. Also, employees were not allowed to take equipment home with them. Scanning guns, radios, etc. all had to stay in the warehouse. There was a notable exception though. Certain managers were allowed to take home their radios or laptops if, and only if, they had a special badge which they had to show us every time they took equipment out. This was pounded into my head during training. No special badge meant they had to take the device back into the building. It wasn't our job to care where in the building they left it, just as long as they didn't leave. If it was lost in the building, that was their fault. We had a couple cases every week of some worker forgetting they needed the badge to take their equipment when going out for a smoke break and having to do the walk of shame back in to put it back. Anyway, one day I'm standing at my post and a manager starts coming through towards the exit. She has a radio on her belt, but she isn't showing me a badge. I called out, asking her to show me the badge. I always give them the benefit of the doubt that they had permission to be taking tech out because sometimes someone who didn't used to have permission suddenly got it. Well, she glares at me but keeps walking. Ma'am, I'm going to need to see your badge before you take the radio out of the building, please. She keeps walking. Ma'am, if you attempt to leave with the radio, I'm going to have to report it to HR and loss prevention. That stopped her. She called out, Well, what am I supposed to do with it? My station's all the way at the other end of the building and I am not going back. It's just policy that you can't leave with it, ma'am. We sometimes have people leave their radios just inside if they're coming back quickly. She says, well, I'll leave it with you then. I say, unfortunately, ma'am, I'm not allowed to watch your equipment for you. If there's an emergency, I need to be able to focus on that. You'll need to take the radio back inside. But what do you do with it is then your business. They say, so you don't care what I do with the radio as long as it's inside? I say that's correct ma'am, the rest is up to you, your supervisor, and maybe IT. She says, okay then. She snapped the radio off her belt, wound her arm back like a bowler, got into a stance like she was preparing to bowl a ball in an alley at pins, and yeeted it into the building. It came to a landing and slid an additional 10 feet. Somehow it didn't shatter on the concrete floor. She said, have a good day. Then she left, leaving me gobsmacked. Results? I had to write a report on the incident. 
One of the things we had to include was footage of the incidents from the cameras, if there were any available. What was so funny was you could see the what the freak look on my face even though I was wearing a mask. My managers would sometimes take screen clips of camera footage to save to show the rest of the team for training purposes. These were passed around to other guards for craps and giggles. That video of her attempting to bowl her radio and then walking out followed by my very clear what the freak was the top video shared among the guards for the next week. As for the manager, she wasn't fired, but I heard she got suspended for that stunt. I saw her going through a week later with a badge. While I'm definitely not justifying what they did, but it sounds like somebody messed up in not giving her the right badge. I don't blame her for being upset at least when the prospect of walking all the way back to your station on the other side of the building is kind of dropped on you, I guess. But there's no excuse for yeeting your radio onto the hard concrete floor. By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. If you don't like and subscribe, you're gonna miss out on some awesome stories like this next one from Hagen Lee. If you say I'm fit for my job, then I guess I'll do it. This happened to my mom about 10 years ago. My mother was a legal secretary and worked for one of the biggest law firms in my country for over 15 years. At the point of the story, she was about two years from retirement. She had noticed a deterioration in her eyesight and was struggling to work on the computer, read, or do most of her day-to-day work. The firm sent her to an affiliated doctor who said she was absolutely fine and can continue working. But as she was struggling, she decided to pay privately for a specialist, who immediately told her that she was no longer fit to drive safely, let alone accurately read or use a computer, as she had multiple degenerative eye conditions. The specialist told her to minimize time on a computer to absolute minimum as it was triggering migraines and other problems. She brought this report to the firm and requested either a change in her job requirements or to go on leave until she was again fit to work. But of course, the firm had their own report. They said she was exaggerating and could absolutely keep working. But they very kindly told her that she only had to work on the computer four days a week from now on. One day a week she could just do filing. How generous. So she kept doing her job, but wouldn't you know it, when she was binding files for court, they were just a mess. Filing? Wow, can't find anything. I know that she disliked several of the lawyers. My mother grew up poor and had to leave school young to work, so being uneducated, she wasn't always treated with much respect. So she was happy enough to deal with their anger, but she was very friendly with most including one particular lawyer who may or may not have mentioned some tips to my mother on how to deal with the problem and what she was entitled to after working there for so many years. So when the higher-ups inevitably called my mother in about the terrible work, she presented quite a compelling case on her rights, safety in the workplace, disability leave, etc. Long story short, she got fully paid medical leave until she retired, back paid for any time she took off her doctor and hospital visits. It just kind of blows my mind that in a law firm of all places, they're going to try to turn down a medical report that they got. Then again, somehow, in a law firm of all places, it at the same time doesn't surprise me that that happened. And our final story of the day is by Broken Brainiac. If we have to throw food away, I'll take the trash out, just not to the dumpster. In high school, I worked at a fast food restaurant, not saying which one or where, 
Sadly, like many fast food places, we had a lot of waste. However, we had one employee, who we'll call Phil, not his real name, that would take as much waste food as he could carry at the end of the day and ride his bike to a place that a lot of homeless people would hang out and give it to them. Other employees with cars would often take more if he couldn't carry all of it. There was nothing wrong with the food, it was just called waste because it was cooked and not sold. At one point, someone high up in the corporate part of the restaurant decided to try and cut costs by minimizing waste. Their strategy was to require us to throw away all unsold food at the end of the day, with the idea being that employees wouldn't cook extra food to take home so we would waste less. Now, the general manager at this restaurant was a very by-the-book, and never deviated from any official rule. The new food waste rules were no exception. She would stand there at the end of the day and watch as the employees put all of the extra food into the trash can. Phil, determined to continue his nightly food donations, found a loophole. Every night, right before he closed and threw away food, Phil would take the trash out, then put a clean trash bag in the can. We had warming trays, but towards the end of the day, we replaced them with to-go boxes so we could clean the trays. So the result was a trash bag of sorted and boxed food, which was even easier for Phil to transport and allowed him to carry more and the people he took the food to were more than happy with the change. To get it out of the restaurant, Phil would volunteer to take out the trash every night, then just take the bag with him when he left rather than put it in the dumpster. This worked pretty well for a while. One night, the general manager saw Phil leaving with the bag on the security cameras. Like I said, she was a stickler for the rules, so she didn't approve of it. The next day, she called a staff meeting and told all of us, though we all knew it was directed mostly at Phil, that the waste food trash had to go in the dumpster and that nobody was allowed to take it, that kind of thing. Phil didn't care. He continued his routine, albeit with a little more sneaking, until the manager saw him doing it again. The fallout, Phil was fired for stealing company property or something like that. I don't remember exactly how the general manager phrased it, Several other employees, myself included, quit shortly after and found other places to go, leaving the restaurant struggling with fewer employees than it needed and no one experienced enough to train new employees since the general manager didn't do much as far as food, and the employees that quit mostly were the experienced ones. The restaurant recovered and is doing well enough, and I don't think the waste food policies were changed. I don't know where or how Phil is today, but I hope he's doing well. Bill, if you read this and recognize yourself in the story, love you, brother. Keep being a good person. Honestly, with modern-day social media, I feel like a story like this where you can post pictures and really get across that story of how you're helping these people out and then expose how horrendous that food waste policy is, you could really put some pressure on that company to make some changes or improvements to the way they process that stuff. Like, I just imagine somebody like Phil taking pictures of all this food waste in that bag that they're being forced to throw into the dumpster rather than give to people that could really actually use that food. You send that out on Twitter or something, and I feel like a lot of people would blow that up. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.